Tell of all his wondrous works. Tell of all his wonders. No one can fathom. Tell of all his wonders. Remember the wonders he has done. No one can fathom. Wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Wonderful to tell. Hi guys, this is Wonderful to Tell. I'm Tracy Conrad. Are you new to our podcast? Well, you found a friendly, warm place where you can listen to all the good stuff inspiring, uplifting, true stories that are shared by real people, for real people, about real stuff that has happened in their lives. These stories are shared in front of a live audience, unscripted and from the heart. We hope you'll enjoy these beautiful gems and we'll hang around to hear all our stories that are wonderful to tell. In this episode, you will hear from Catherine Norman. She's smart, determined, brave, and funny. I so admire Catherine, and I know you will, too. Here's my friend. I just came in from a, my son's baseball game today, and after what happened to me almost eight months ago, I was just grateful to be there, even though they lost 7-1. to one. But the one run was his homer, so that was cool. And um, I just had to throw that out there for him. Anyhow, um, eight months ago, I was in the middle of a workout in my house. My husband and my son, my son is my last child at home. He's a senior at Country Day, have a daughter off in college. But my son and my husband last summer were doing baseball traveling. They were in Georgia. And I was home going to work every day. And that morning, I was in the middle of a workout in my den in front of the TV I felt fine, and um, then I had this huge rush and pain in my head and lost, um, really, you know, lost the ability to stand. I needed to lay down. And anyway, you know, to spare you all the details of that, it was a stroke and specifically a um, ruptured brain aneurysm. And... um, I had no idea that that's what had happened to me. It never, I mean, a lot of the times you hear stroke and you think about people drooping on one side of their face and losing uh, movement in their arm or leg on one side of their body. And that is true in most cases for what's called an ischemic stroke. That is where an artery is blocked by a blood clot in your brain. That is not what happened to me. What happened to me was part of one of my arteries what had a you know like a weak spot and it ruptured so um i i didn't have it that's called a hemorrhagic stroke that's what i had it's kind of the smaller you know percentage of people that have strokes have hemorrhagic but we're we're all stroke survivors those of us that are here so um Anyhow, eventually that day, I ended up in the ER. Um, My mom drove me down there because my PCP, primary care physician, told me over the phone, you know, your brain might be bleeding. You need to go to the ER. I was like, all righty then, ER it is. So turns out they did a CT scan and found it, and then within the next, I don't know, I kind of lose some of the track on the timing, but... Sometime within that 24 hours, I was under the care of a neurosurgeon 
and um, they, she went in, she had her PA, who's a female, and they took very careful care of my hair. It's, it's growing back where they, but they hid the, you know, where the, the incision, so that was kind of nice. I, they didn't just go, you know, so I appreciated that, but um, uh, 35 staples um, on the side of my head so she could, uh, after she opened up and kind of clipped things off in there. So I spent 31 days in the ICU downtown Fort Worth. Uh, that process was um, quite a journey. You know, uh, when you have something like that happen to you, it, it, it's really just kind of a moment-by-moment journey and experience because you have so much pain that you're dealing with. And um, I remember, you know, calling out to God for help, but really that was not like, gosh, Lord, what are you going to do with me now? You know, it was not like that. It was like, help me in this situation. Help me get through this. Um, The pain was pretty horrible, and in the medication, and you're all over the place, and my blood pressure was an issue because after you've had a traumatic brain injury, your brain tends to have kind of like aftershocks. And that experience, they want your blood pressure to be up so that those vessels are not getting more pressure than they should uh, with low blood pressure. And I typically have very low blood pressure. So they were elevating my blood pressure and my body did not like that. So I basically was, you know, uh, uh, kept to the bed the whole time I was in the ICU. And you pretty much have to relearn how to walk and all that kind of stuff. So that was part of what I experienced after getting out of the ICU. But so much of what I saw in that, throughout that experience, that experience, when I look back on it, I really see, you know, God's character. And that came through the people that helped me. And, um, you know, it's very humbling when you're, when you are no longer in control and you're sort of kind of used to being in control and you're not, you can't even, there's a lot of stuff you can't control and it's not fun. And, uh, but when you see that, um, that something about that humility lets you accept help. You know, or maybe you weren't good about that before. Um, And I would see people acting on our behalf or, and even my husband, who was unbelievable. I gave him tonight off, but he was (laughs) incredible. I mean, he was such a rock and I was really looking to him. And if he had been coming into my room all nervous and worried, that would have been really difficult for me. Um, But I looked to him and he was just like solid as a rock and was 100% supportive and that support and love that I felt from my family, both my kids and my friends, that really just spoke to me in a way that gave me strength, you know, and and helped me to keep fighting. And then also the care that I received. I'm not a medical person. I don't even like to be near hospitals. And so to think of these men and women that go in for 12-hour shifts and take care of your basic needs and try to help you to feel better, that was just really, really unbelievable to me. You know, it was so 
touching that somebody would give their life every single day, like get up in the morning, take a shower, put your scrubs on and go help really sick people and have to do stuff that's not fun. And that was amazing to me. And the cool thing was I got to go back because I was released October 1st was my first, I'm sorry, August 1st was my first day home. The injury happened June 28th. So I got home August 1st and then I went to visit the ICU um, downtown in mid-October and I got to take them a edible arrangement and um, you know just they I could I was like in street clothes and walking and <laughs> looking normal and it was and they were crying and, and not because I was special but because they saw their good efforts you know like hey we worked hard on her and look there she is <laughs> so that was amazing I mean I would go like see them again and again if it made sense to do that but I don't think it does. Anyway, so when I got out, I don't, in a good way, like a visiting, not any other way. Um, when I got out of the, oh, and I have to tell you one story, because they moved me down from the ICU to the neurotelly unit, and that's when one nurse who'd had an aneurysm 14 years ago, and she was a nurse working there. So that was encouraging to see, because nurses, I think, may be some of the hardest working people in the world. I mean, unbelievable. Anyway, she told me not to let that bed be my crutch, because once they dropped me out of the ICU, I could learn to walk again. So there weren't really any, well, there were some restrictions, but um, she said to me, you call us. Because, oh, I know what it was. They had an alarm. Like, if I got out of bed without help, it would go off. Yeah. And so she said, just call us anytime because you need to be exercising, walk in the hallways. Don't let that bed be your crutch. And that was really something that spoke to me. I was like, she's right. I'm afraid. And I'm letting fear guide my life rather than faith. And so that was a big thing for me and still is because if you get too caught up in the future, it's easy to worry. Oh my gosh, should I ever exercise again? What if that happens again? You know, and just get caught up in the worry and the fear. And that is absolutely worthless. So that's part of what I've learned since I came home from the hospital. And when I got home, I had some driving restrictions and that kind of thing. And I had a lot of time on my hands. My husband had gone back to work. My kids were, you know, in school. And I just really felt like, you know, God was calling me to really um, be aware and consumed with his presence and not my problems. And that was really big for me. And, um, you know, I chose to embrace having gone through a bad situation to see what good he wants to come out of it. And part of that has been um, two men, two stroke survivors came to visit me when I was in the hospital. Actually, it was the day I was to discharge. One, his name is Mark. He's my buddy. He's only 93 years old. (laughs) He's been uh, volunteering down there for 16 years since he had his stroke. And he and another man who's younger than I am, uh, he had a stroke and his uh, effect, his 
affects his speech. So he has a really difficult time talking still, but he looked robust, big smile on his face, and they had their little routine. And their whole purpose of coming into my room was simply to offer me hope. And, you know, just tell me, hey, we're stroke survivors. You know, you can do this. Here's our flyer to our stroke support group. And I'm sitting there in my hospital gown going, oh my gosh, you know, how am I going to do that? But anyway, I just didn't worry about it. And I appreciated their taking the time to come visit me. And then I know that God used that because it kept, it kept speaking to me. Um, and I'd look at that flyer and I'm I'm not really wanting to go dredge this up again and go be a stroke survivor and hang out at their support group, but I found myself there in September. I, I wasn't, didn't go in, they meet once a month, and, um, and I went in October, and I went in November, and then in November I told Mark um, that I wanted to help him do what they did for me. So I went through all the volunteer stuff with not only Texas Harris, but Texas Rehab and got, you know, all the clearance there and then started doing with Mark what he and Scott had done for me. So we would go in and try to encourage and offer other people who had just been through a stroke, um, really just, just hope like, Hey, we're here, you know, we're walking and talking and, and you can too. It's all about having a positive outlook and having faith and trusting that God will, you know, um, to walk you through this. So, um, anyway, I could really go on and on, but that may be a pretty good picture of the whole story. And he's still, um, working in my life. Um, I really try hard every day to remember that, you know, he has a purpose for me. And, you know, I, I don't dwell on what did happen. I don't ask why. I know we live in a broken world and um, all of us, you know, will have trouble of one form or another. And so it's really a choice as to how to deal with that. He gives us free will. We decide, do we go down a road of despair or do we, um, you know, seek him and, and try to find you know, what path he wants for you. And that's what I try to do. Um, and it can be a roller coaster, but um, gratitude is huge. So every single day, even when the third baseman completely misses about every ball that came his way, I go, you know what, God, I'm just glad to be here. I'm not going to get worried about that third baseman. So that's, that's kind of where I am. Gratitude is everything, even those little things. And uh, it's huge because you can, you know, despair and depression, those kind of things, when you've dealt with something major that really changes your life, um, it can take you down that road if you let it. But you have control over, over which road you take. But the only way you take the positive road is with faith. That's the way I see it. So anyhow, that's it. This powerful nugget of truth, don't let fear guide your life instead of faith. Catherine, my friend whom I've always admired, strong, independent, straightforward, brilliant, with unwavering faith, was brought to the very edge of a precipice, stripped of all power, independence, and freedom, with her life hanging in the balance, and she has emerged victorious. But this is not where the story ends. 
If Catherine's life were a symphony, this event is like a crescendo, followed by a short interlude, then begins a whole new movement flying off in a new direction. Catherine has chosen to embrace this bad thing and to look at what God wants to come out of it. Her tenacity is so impressive. Catherine's determination to be aware of and consumed by God's presence and not her problems, combined with her decision to choose gratitude and to daily rebuke the fear and worry that try to seep in, this is the courage our Lord expects from His children. And Catherine is living it out day by day. I'm so proud and inspired by my friend. To see photos of Catherine and to learn more about her volunteer work, please visit our website at wonderfultotell.com. And be sure to subscribe to our show so you won't miss out on any of our episodes. And you can also follow us on Instagram at wonderfultotell. This episode was produced by Michael, Brad, and Tracy Conrad with invaluable support of our crew members, Lindy, Kevin, Katie, Karen, Nancy, Mark, Debbie, Haley, Jeffrey, and John Alfred. Michael Conrad composed our intro, Lindy Conrad came up with our name, and Matt, Jeff, and Justin from Fort Worth High Tech Signs created our logo. If you have a story wonderful to tell, let us know. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and at our website, wonderfultotell.com. Thanks for listening.